everyone, and welcome to The Right Perspective. Today, we are going to recap and discuss an action movie from 1988 that is absolutely considered a classic, and it is, drum roll, Die Hard. And <laughs> <laughs> your drum roll was late. Um, no, and okay. all right, all right, all right. <laughs> it's directed by John McTiernan, written by Jeff Stewart and Steven DeSalza. And it stars, of course, Bruce Willis, Alan Rickman, Bonnie Bedelia, and it features the dad from Family Matters, Reginald Bell Johnson. Reginald Bell Johnson. <laughs> and then some other familiar faces like Paul Gleason and William Atherton. And we're going to discuss, as usual, we'll talk about plot and direction, characters and acting, cinematography, sound, music. But first, we'll introduce ourselves and then we'll decide on the voting symbol that we're going to use to rate this movie. For those that are new <laughs> to the right perspective, we always choose a voting symbol that is inspired by the content we are reviewing. And so our all, each, each, each episode is a unique uh, voting symbol. But first, let's introduce ourselves. Kick us off, bro. Hi, I'm Aubrey Wright and I'm the oldest. Hi, I'm Janiah Wright and I'm the middle. Hi, I'm Brittany Wright and I'm the youngest. <laughs> And, and uh, okay, so it's time to pick a voting symbol. And I've got to say, I and then normally my my options that I bring to recommend are not great. No, no, this, this, this I, time, I think I think this is becoming a good part of our podcast <laughs> is because you have the worst ideas, and it's something I. But they're but they're so bad that I look forward to them because Listen. because not all, only are they so bad. But they're so good in your head. So the <laughs> contrast between this is a backhanded compliment. It's I don't not, know what's happening. This is a great here. part this of the is, podcast. No, I feel like something's happening. <laughs> this is an awesome part of the podcast. Yeah, and I've been right waiting here. so this long. Right I've been waiting here. these whole past two weeks. To know what you are suggesting. So please, you know, you your it's taken me a little while in my life to realize when people uh -huh. are complimenting uh -huh. me for being special for what they're actually uh -huh. doing <laughs> is belittling me. And I'm pretty sure this is one of those nope. moments. Nope. I think. I, I said exactly what it is. I truly look forward to hearing your ideas. I came up with four options. And I, 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 oh, I feel so, oh, I'm so excited. I feel so confident about them that I feel like one or both of you is going to say, I have the same idea. Cause that's how good they are. Okay. So the first one is there. limousines. Okay. 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 Let's get it. Because that's the first one, limousines. Ooh. Because of course, that's how we meet Bruce Willis at the top of the movie. And that's that first relationship he makes. Okay. Well, another option <laughs> is elevators. Elevators. Oh, that's Think good. about the critical role that elevators <laughs> in Think about that. It was, listen, you're thinking. You couldn't how did you get to the related. other floors? How did you get to the 30th floor? Is the exactly. question. You didn't walk. You didn't well, walk. What I want everybody in podcast land to know this is not made up. This is Janiyah. <laughs> These are good 
<laughs> I mean, I just want everybody. Listen, I just want everybody to know that they <laughs> are options. Number three. What number, are number three? three? Number, three? <laughs> number three is adjacent to number two. Number three is skyscrapers. Think about that. Because I don't know if y'all actually Listen, looked at the I had thought about a building. If you looked at the ad of the movie from 1988, it has a, a picture of, of Bruce Willis's face and a picture of the skyscraper. Yeah, so, yeah, nice. So that's, okay, all right. And then the okay, fourth option fun. is vaults. Because what are they really trying to get in? What are the bad that's guys trying good. to get into? The vaults. <laughs> Into the vault. <laughs> I like where your mind is. Thank you. Yes. Well, th that's the great thing. <laughs> Janiyah's ideas always have logic to them. That's that's what makes it like she she will be able to explain to you <laughs> the thought process, and that's why Listen, I love it. That's why I love it. That's all, all that right, matters. Oh, hate it. All right, so these are four great options. Yes. And Brittany, it. what 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 are your uh, mine along the lines of Janai's was a tall building. <laughs> um, listen, they was in that building the whole movie. Okay. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> also a gun and a cokehead. <laughs> but you're supposed to say crack rock. You, every episode you listen. Did. No, 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 no. Because it wasn't crack rock in this one. You were a crack rock. He was, he was a cocaine. Yeah, he was. So, cocaine. Okay. We gotta really get away from drugs in our next movie. Like our I next heard. movie has that. This movie no didn't have. In it. This movie didn't yeah. even really have drugs. That was in there. It had drug use I, and drug addict, but they never really showed him getting it in. Listen, we saw it. I saw him going like this. Yeah. <laughs> It was on the table in the wife's, it was on the yeah. desk in the wife's office. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. You're right. The movie is not right. about drugs. It what? is about that, limousines, elevators, skyscrapers, and vaults. Hello. And guns. <laughs> and guns. There are lots of Oh, guns. also dynamite. I choose dynamite. Oh. And helicopter. Well, there detonators. Was no detonators. Okay. okay. C four detonators. Oh, no, detonators. Same thing. Blowing stuff up. No, I. I he wanted those um, detonators, and Bruce Willis had them. And them detonators. I would say, I would say, that out of the ideas you discussed, since both of you just like skyscrapers, we'll go skyscrapers. How about that? Nice. You know, your tone, though, is not enthusiastic. Yeah. We want you to be happy. I am happy. So that just sounded like a louder version of the same tone. <laughs> I thought I thought it could be funny to do teddy bears because... Oh, that bear. There was a... There was, that bear was at the beginning and through the movie. Yeah. Um, I, I was thinking and that was that, the ugliest teddy bear I've ever seen. Well, I've been watching this movie for 30 years and I've never I've never that thought of it. That bear was so ugly. I've really? never realized the 
ugliness of the bear or the aesthetics of the bear. Um, but I was, like was a, a, I was also thinking bear bonds. That's a good one too. It looked like an actual bear. It didn't look like a teddy bear. It looked like an actual bear. I don't like that. But I, Thank but I'll tell you this. I was also thinking about, <laughs> I was, I was also thinking about bear bonds because that's what mm-hmm. the movie was about them getting the bearer bonds. I gotta um, tell you, I, I, I like bearer bonds. I like bearer bonds because that, I mean, that's really, I think that's, that's what the movie's about. That's what it's about. And uh, if they were using dynamite, I would have liked that. But I feel yeah. like since they weren't using actual dynamite, I feel like we wouldn't have been true. Yeah, to, to the story. Yeah, but a C and a C four brick is not as funny as a dynamite stick. Yes, you know, like like I, it, everybody can relate to dynamite. It's like, you know, um, you know what? If we ever if we ever review Django Unchained, we should use dynamite. Nice. We should use dynamite because. Yeah. Brittany, have you seen it? I feel like you didn't see it. I have seen Django Unchained, and I feel like any Quentin Tarantino movie needs to have a symbol of blood, just a jar of blood. Okay, well, yeah, we're not going to get into that. I felt, I felt the tangent coming. I, I'm not going so, to so, see what? that movie until I can take a full seven to eight weeks off from work the following period. <laughs> oh, so you've never seen it? movies that I know. Mm-mm. Okay. Because I just watched it, I started watching it and, it and so much was welling up in my spirit at the time. Okay. I just turned it off. <laughs> okay, got you. All right, so, so right. Scott, now, that being said, Nakatomi Tower is a huge part of... It's, it's the central part of the movie. Of, of the movie. So, that, so the skyscraper is a good idea. But let me tell you all what my favorite idea was. Twinkies. There was one Twinkie in the whole thing. It's a classic. It's a classic scene. I don't. It's a classic scene, and it and it's a and it's a trope throughout the franchise. So Uh, I I think we should do. If this is trope throughout the franchise, but 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 look look look, but look. We don't know that yet. I think the the. I think the. I think, I think I think we- it's either bear bonds or skyscrapers. I'm cool with either. Okay, let us go because Nakatomi Nakatomi Towers that was a big part of the movie because not only you got to realize not only was that the whole obviously the whole movie happened in the tower, but also the technology still looks cool. But I want you all to try to think of looking at the technology of that building in 1988. So that would also be uh, dope. So I think so. Either bear bonds or um, I think Brittany gets to pick. Pick it, Brit. Oh yeah, I like that. Youngest. Let me take my time. Just like you did before we got started. I mean. <laughs> And, and baby, will, look at me. Look at me, honey. It was worth it. You're welcome. You're welcome. Can I just talk to the you people? You really are. You really are. Can I talk are. to 
Can I talk to people in podcast land about the text I receive stressing the starting point? We don't have to get into any of that. Um, Oh, you're right. That's the rule. Brittany, we're going to go ahead, Brittany. Pick us up. I think think Nakatomi Towers, however however you say it. Okay, Skyscraper. Sakatomi Towers. Well, you know what? That's it. It's it's a Nakatomi Tower. Each of us have a Nakatomi Tower to give. Each of us have a Nakatomi Tower to give, and we will, at the end of this movie, if this movie receives three of them, then it is considered a classic from the right perspective. Not two, not one. It must receive three. That's it. So so let's go. I feel good about this. Okay, so normally, um, you all know, I spend a little time putting together what I always hope is a top-notch recap of the movie. And it always is. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I I want everyone to just recall those wonderful times because I didn't actually put... (laughs) I didn't prep as well. (laughs) You know, so I've got I'll, some I'll, rough I'll, notes. I'll, I'll, I'll help you through any... any okay, uh, I've got some rough notes, but we're going to we're gonna good. get through it. Okay, so, Die Hard. This movie is about a New York City policeman, John McClane, who's played by Bruce Willis. I'm getting he flies excited into, <laughs> He flies into Los Angeles to visit his wife, Holly, played by Bonnie Bedelia, and his two daughters. And it turns out that the wife and children moved to Los Angeles just a few months ago, uh, a few months prior, after she received an amazing professional opportunity. And listen, this professional opportunity is indeed amazing. She is now the director of corporate affairs for a mega, like multi-billion dollar international International. company. And she is running this place, okay? And this place is so fancy and so uh, wealthy and so state-of-the-art. Um, she actually sends a limousine to pick John up from the airport when he comes for a visit. And the limo picks him up from the airport to bring him to her fancy office. And they're meeting up at the office because uh, her company is actually having a big party that day for a couple of reasons. First, it is Christmas time, so it is a holiday party. But the party is also to celebrate a major deal that Holly had helped close. So not only is she in this major role, she's apparently killing it. Okay. And clearly her colleagues like her. Holly is doing the damn thing. Okay. And we learn um, that John was apparently not supportive of her taking this opportunity. And the rift between them is apparently so large that at this point she is actually using her maiden name Mm. in her new role. And John ended up kind of giving this backstory to the limo driver. Um, The limo driver's name is Argyle. And, um, you know, they kind of bond and kind of telling their life stories a little bit. And the limo driver, Argyle, agrees to wait for John in the parking garage just to kind of see how things are going to go. Maybe he'll, he and the wife will have a fine time and he'll stay at the house. Maybe he's going to end up needing to go see a friend. We don't know. But Argyle, the limo driver, is like, I'm going to wait downstairs. I've got your back. Let's see how it goes. So John goes up to the party and you then get to meet his wife. You get to meet some of her coworkers, her supervisor. And listen, the party's going on. And listen, that party is going on. Okay, them coworkers are getting it in. And <laughs> I'm talking about... 
Bruh. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. All right, well, well, they're they're all right. Okay, yeah. It. it was the 80s. Yeah, it was they the 80s. were getting it in, in the 80s. Okay. And uh, for and they had <laughs> they were having a good year and a good night. And so hello. And hello. so um in and and the, the rest of the off the rest of the building, it's a tall, high-rise building. Um, it has at least 35 floors. Um, and this party is taking place on the 30th floor, okay? And um, the rest of the building is pretty much vacant. And so it really is a wonderful opportunity for what to happen? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's for a group of terrorists to come and take over the building. And so what actually ends up happening is, <laughs> and this is where the notes get a little shaky. So. Do you want me to take it? Take bro, take it, bro. Okay, listen. Take it. Listen, here we go, real quick. So at this point, the terrorists come in to take over. They mean business. They are shooting people right from the beginning, cutting off all the communications for the building so nobody can get a call out. There's no cell phones at this. Well, cell phones are very few. It's not like everybody just had a cell phone. So there's no that, cell phones. I was about no, to say, I don't remember there being that one cell phone. No cell well, back then cell phones existed, but it's not something that it's people present just had. in this movie. Yeah. 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 It's not something that people just had, you know, um, because people didn't really ha start having cell phones until the 2000s for real. So like this was. So anyway, there was no way to contact the outside world from once these terrorists entered and took over the building. John happened to, he happened to be in one of the rooms where he was able to slip away. Now in the movie, in the beginning, while he was on a plane, one of the passengers told him to help solve jet, jet lag, take off your shoes and make fist with your toes on the carpet and that will help with your jet lag. That's an important part because that's what he was doing when the terrorists came in. So when the terrorists come in, he said, you know, he <laughs> doesn't have shoes on. So now we got John McClane, police officer, no shoes with his one gun running around this, this building, trying to stay away. It's in a little t-shirt on. That's right. Pants, t-shirt, <laughs> No shoes, trying to run from terrorists who have assault weapons, explosives. And they are highly organized. Highly organized. They have this trained. thing. They have this, this, this caper. This down to the second. To the second. So, so John, at this point, is trying to get notice out to the police that something is going on here. So he tries several things. He tries phones. He tries... Um, uh, Ultimately, he tries a bunch of different ways, but he gets, uh, he tries the fire department to set off the fire alarm. He tries different ways, but every way, they're just ready. They're just ready to stop anything. They already thought about everything. So he, uh, they know that somebody's in the building trying to figure out a way to contact somebody. So they disperse the people to go find him. He, of course, kills all the ones that interact with him. He gets one of their radios, goes to the roof. A walkie-talkie. A walkie-talkie. Yeah, walkie, yeah, yeah. And so these radios, he's trying to radio on a police signal. 
So the radio uh, uh, connects to the police. The police are like, get off, you know, this line. This is for emergencies. <laughs> He's like, this is an emergency. Listen, so what they did, they I, sent out, they sent out the one. The police were just. They sent out one black and white cop. And the black and white came out. But again, just like Janai said, they have everything on lock. So when they come in, the one one of the terrorists is dressed up like the door guy. And so he, everything seems quiet. And so the police officer is about to leave. And um, I'm blanking on his name, Janai. If you, if you Reginald Bell Johnson. Reginald Bell Johnson. His name was Al. 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 That's what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. not, not, yeah, I know, I know his real name. But anyway, so Al takes a look, everything seems quiet, and this is where the movie sets off. Because when John sees that Al is driving away, John decides, I'm gonna throw the dead body of one of these guys I just killed on the top <laughs> of his car. And I'm gonna start shooting out the window because you need to know it's a situation going on in here and nobody is feeling me. So he throws the guy out onto Al's car, Al drives away backwards and he gets away and he gets all the police to come. And so the rest of the movie is just, of course, inept police <laughs> officers trying to control this situation from inside. That listening to I um, mean to John. terrible. And <clears throat> when come to find out, these are not terrorists. No, they not. We find out as we're interacting through the through the police and through John going fighting against these terrorists, we find out that they're just thieves. They're here to steal the uh basically they have bearer bonds, which are better than cash from in the company's vault so their whole point in this was to get to the vault so john of course keeps 640 million dollars yes and which john, by the way uh, represents 10 days of operating cash for that company did y'all catch that 640 well, yeah. million dollars is 10 days of operating capital for this company That's mm. awesome. well yeah they're 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 um they're uh quite a big company, Nakatomi. Mm. So, excuse me. So anyway, um, through the interactions between John and the and the, the, the hostages and the police, we figure out that they're actually just looking to rob this place, basically. And the way that they are going to finish it is by having everybody come to the roof because once the police came, the FBI came, they're like, look, you can, uh, uh, you, all we want is for helicopters to come pick us up from the roof and that you'll feel, have further instructions. And so they're planning on just blowing up the roof with all the hostages and have the police and the FBI be trying to figure that out while they're escaping, uh, basically. Escaping and, in a paramedic van. Yeah, they're planning to escape in a paramedic van. So, um, so obviously John stops it. One of the important things is he's developing this relationship with somebody he never seen, which is Al through the radio, and um, he finds out through the radio and his development with this relationship that Al shot a kid mistakenly on 
the job because the kid had a, a toy gun, thought it was really shot him, hasn't been able to shoot anybody since. Hmm. So that's the, that relationship is developing between John and Al while all the rest of this is playing out. So the way it comes to a hilt, they're realizing that it's time that the, they're bringing the helicopters. The helicopters are not transport ships, they're gunships. And because the FBI is just like, look, we're just going to shoot. We, we'll only lose about 25% of the hostages. We'll just shoot. Uh, when they up. said that, I wanted to go through the movie. Oh, my goodness. And that was what they were supposed to do. They were supposed so to arrogant. make you mad like that. So, so they get up there. John makes it back up there and gets the hostages back off the roof. Okay? Because and through this time, he's killed a lot of the hostages. Not, o- not only that, he's, of course taking a lot of beating himself because he, he wasn't killing the hostages. Equipped. He was killing the bad guys. I said killing the hostages? You did. Yeah. Oh, my bad. No, no, no. My bad. Not killing hostages. No. John McClane is is the man. He would never hurt hostages. No. But he's yeah. he's and the killing only and, and, so, and the only hostages that have perished were killed by the bad guys. Absolutely. Yeah. So by, by, by the bad guys. That's right. All right. So he, through all of this, get, gets up to the roof. He's got glass in his feet because there was one mm. point that, that they brought that part back because they shot up some glass and he had to walk across it. And the point is, mm. by this time, he's been through a lot. And he's, getting, and he's getting the hostages back down. And there was only a couple of bad guys left. You had the leader, Hans Gruber, who actually found out that Holly Gennaro or Holly McLean, his wife, was amongst the hostages. So now he grabbed her because he now knows who John is. And he's basically holding her for a hostage. <clears throat> John goes and rescues her um, after he gets the hostages off the roof. So the roof explodes, but none of the hostages die. He um, kills... He, he kills Hans Gruber in one of the best scenes ever by having a head and gun behind his head. He shot the tape you know, to his back with guys. Christmas tape. With Christmas tape, Hans Gruber gets <laughs> shot out of a window he but grabs two Holly two bullets. It's all he had left. Two bullets. And it was, two bullets. And it was boom, boom. And he hit them both. Hans Gruber was still alive, but he was holding Holly's wrist, who, and he was holding on to the Rolex watch that Nakatomi Towers actually gave her. And so <laughs> he had the un, Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis, uh, uh, John McClay had to unhook the watch and Hodge Gruber falls to the ground off of Nakatomi, Nakatomi Towers, which is one of the most iconic Man. images in all of, action movie history so after this they come downstairs they're coming outside he has holly the hostages are safe um the limo driver finally crashes through uh one of the barriers that they put down when they were locking down the building so the limo driver is back outside to pick up holly and 
and uh, John. And the Zuno driver played a key role in thwarting the efforts of the bad yeah, he, guys. He, 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 he actually the- rammed into the paramedic truck that was supposed to be the getaway truck. Well, listen, I am doing my best. Bro, you killing it. Like you usually do. You but, killing it, But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to tell you right now, I can't leave uh, all the points in that I... What have you done a review in five minutes? Bro, you killing it. No, I, I don't... You're you're missing you're missing the point. The point you I'm are killing to tell you is, it. Is, is I could transcribe this movie point for point, and I could talk <laughs> for the next two hours. So I'm doing my best to get down to the main, main points. But so at the end of the movie, and this is one of my because like they really set it up like this is the end, and it wasn't one of those endings where you felt like something else was going to happen. They really wrapped up the movie because because yeah, because um. Holly and John are about to get into the limo. Uh, all the hostages are safe. The, all the bad guys are dead. But guess what? They're not all dead, are they? Because one of the bad guys, who was a super tough guy, who John actually beat up and hung by a chain by his throat, Listen. somehow survived, got his machine gun, and came out to just die in a flurry of bullets after he's able to kill John, who ruined this whole plan. So he pulls up his gun. And killed and his brother. Shoots him. And John killed his brother. So this guy really wants, so, but guess who shoots the, the guy? Al. Al pulls out his revolver and puts that dude down. And that was the end of the movie. And I would just tell you, obviously, I'm a Gen Xer, so there's no such thing as a guy Gen Xer who doesn't love that hard. So we already know where my brain is going. So I'm, I'm, I'm so wait, I, wait, I wait, go, wait. Can we all pause and, keep... and, and, and celebrate this awesome recap RPG video? <laughs> yes. Listen, bro. I was back in the movie. Man, I feel like I just died hard. That was so good. Listen, listen. That was so good, bro. Let, and, let me just tell you. Let me just tell you. I could have ta- did the whole movie. But- well, bro, why did you pick? So obviously, if you all may recall, and if, if you didn't know from the last episode, you'd know because it's obvious, Aubrey recommended that we review this movie. <laughs> me and Brittany had not seen it before. We watched it for the first time. Aubrey, I'm guessing you watched it for the hundredth time. What made you recommend this movie? Well, let me tell you. Here's the thing. Die Hard is... Die Hard changed action movies forever. Die Hard... before I I love all action movies. We've we've even reviewed some. We, we, We did Shaft and, you know, like, there was a bunch of action movies back in the 70s and you know, even back to the 60s when we we're talking about like James Bond and stuff like that. I love all these movies. I love all those movies. Um, in the 80s were real big. It was like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Sylvester Stallone, Chuck Norris, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. You know, all of these built crazy, you know, in shape, just huge dudes who are just like the epitome of everything they had 
guns that didn't follow any rules. Like like <laughs> their guns that they had in these movies. I mean, if you guys would see Commando, which is one of my favorite Otis Schwarzenegger movies, there is literally times where Otis Schwarzenegger has one machine gun. And there are hundreds of people shooting at him. Like he, he, he goes on an island. Everybody on the island is shooting at him. Nobody hits him. There, but he's just out. And he's got this gun with unlimited bullets. And he's just, you know, just killing everybody. Just like, and, and like, he's out in the open. It's daytime. He's just running. And the bullets just won't hit him. They'll just shoot at his feet. And at the end of these movies, these dudes might look a little tired or sweaty, but they look just as good as they did at the beginning because they don't even need to break a sweat to kill 400 people in a movie. It's, it's, and look, I am not complaining. I love those movies because these movies aren't trying to be anything else. They're not saying we're making a realistic situation. It's like, look, we're having this crazy muscular guy get these guns. And he's going to go out and shoot as many people in this movie as we could possibly put. And who even cares about the plot? Because who needs a plot? All we need is this guy shooting up a bunch of people. And the villain is always not an idiot, but they're just, just so stupid a lot of times even if they're smart they're just they're 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 just they make dumb mistakes and, and everything and there's always um there's always a line but the lines aren't as as uh okay i'll give you something to say movie i'm i'm talking about <laughs> commando there's one point where the guy he's fighting at the end <laughs> they're fighting in like this basement thing and, and there's a bunch of uh, you know, pipes and stuff like that. One of the pipes during the fight broke. And so it's shooting off steam and the pipe is is is, is uh, broken. So it's sharp. And so Arnold Schwarzenegger throws him onto the pipe and it went through him. And uh, he was like, blow off some steam. <laughs> so corny. It sounds like I wrote that movie. That's good. It's so corny, but we loved it. <laughs> We loved it. Now, here's the thing. Die Hard introduced so many things into an action movie that I hadn't seen before. First of all, first of all, we have a nuanced antagonist because Hans Gruber is one of my favorite um, villains of all times because Hans Gruber wasn't, he was a genius for real. Like if it had not been for John making this believable uh, uh, entrance into this world, they would have succeeded with oh, everything that, and I know you're like, well, a movie, that's the point. But, but in there's a lot of movies, no flaw in the plan. It was a That's what I'm saying. There, it was, and it was a very complex plan. That's right. And, and none of the pieces of the plan were just stupid. Like every piece was serious, and you could see why they would need every piece of this plan to go together. Like they didn't just have stuff in there, just filling. And the other thing was, is they were so good that on some level, you kind of liked Hans Gruber. Cause it, it, it was, it's weird because it's like, he's just so good at what he does. He's so charismatic. He's so confident. You can't help but kind of like him a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And um, 
It's uh, what's his name? Alan Rickman? Is that the, the his actor? Name. Oh, the the actor the, that played play him. Yeah, let me see. It's Alan. I think it's Alan Rickman, but um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But anyway, he is one of the best actors I've seen. I, I like. I love his range. That's and it, bro. He was Alan such Alan Rickman. You had it. Yeah, he was. He was such a because he wasn't just a throw off villain, he was a like this was a great villain. But the, the other thing about Die Hard, the biggest thing about Die Hard, look at John McClain. John McClain was a small guy, basically, not, like not uh, you know, diminutively small guy, but he's just a regular dude, he's just a regular looking dude, receding hairline, just regular. Like, if you saw him, you would if you see if you saw. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger walking around, even if he wasn't famous, you'd be like, "That is." Oh, you're into, you're quite, into working out. Yeah, yeah that's a, that, that's <laughs> quite, quite a human being right there. But yeah. you wouldn't think anything of. So it was the first action movie where you had this every man mm. get into the movie. The other thing was is the rules that made like if you see their guns would run out like and they would have to switch their clips, and so that brought a certain reality to the movie that I can't think of another movie that was like that but at the end of Die Hard Bruce Willis was jacked up he had uh, been through like when you yes. see him he he had been through everything he including up everything shot and, feet cut and up the, beat and that up, brings bloody choked everything and everything when we, and when we look at him fighting against these terrorists, starting off with one gun, barefoot, and a, a t-shirt, and he is taking these dudes out one by one, but he's not doing it easily. Every dude he takes out, he pays a price for it physically, mm -hmm. and it was like he just barely won every time. And when it came time, excuse me, for his catch line, his catch line was, and we're normally pretty clean talking on this on this podcast, but I can't misquote this line because it is my favorite line out of all the lines in an action movie. But there's a point where he's talking back and forth to Hans Gruber, and Hans Gruber's you know asked him if he's American who just saw too many uh, cowboy movies, and. When he was on the he, when he was on the walkie talkie, he was like, "Yippee ki yay, motherfucker!" Oh, <laughs> 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 hey, I would just tell you like that right there. It wasn't it wasn't corny. It was like you you made it. It made you feel like he just came up with it right then. Like and so, his catch line wasn't a corny catch line because like all the other action movies, they lead up to this catch line and. It's cool because I love that too, but I'm just saying <laughs> that one was so natural. It was like, boom, oh. like it just, it just, it just, and so when you're looking at that, and the um, last thing I and I could talk for, but the other thing is, is they took time to develop these characters, and they also developed the story that, um, I forget who said it, but they say that if you show a gun, the gun should be used by the end of the movie or whatever. And every little thing, the the guy on the plane telling him to take his socks off. We came back to that. 
eventually he gets to a point where he's had a shootout. They shoot the window, the uh, glass. So he had to escape by walking over glass and he had to pull this glass out with further uh, incapacitated him. You see that they talk about when they first got there to the building, when he first got there and he meets Holly and he's meeting all the people there. They talk so much about this watch that they that she got the um, Rolex watch that she got for closing the deal, and at the end of the movie, the way that they ultimately defeat Hans Gruber is he was Hans Gruber was holding onto the watch, hanging out of a window, and they had to let that watch go for them to uh, for them to defeat him, and uh, on top of that, so all of those little intricate things were very uncommon in this type of action movie, but also the character development. And just, but even in just this short amount of time, you see them, uh, him developing this relationship with Al. And because of that, we get to learn his motivations and Al's motivations, which gave us the, um, the uh, what's the word when you're, um, Exposition. So it gives us the exposition, but in a very natural way. So they're explaining the motivations of why John is how he is and why uh, uh, original Val Johnson or Al is, is how he is. And so that type of character development is usually absent in these types of movies. So that this movie, if you look at action movies after and before, they're it, it was the linchpin to me action movie. So that's why I wanted you guys to see it. Wow. And, and just so you know, I just censored myself because I could talk for about two more hours. But <laughs> I censored myself. Bro, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm loving your enthusiasm about this movie. I'm loving your enthusiasm. You know, it's so good. It's so good. And you know, oh my God. And the so action good. sequences. Oh, man. And you're like, giving that context about how this movie shaped the action movie genre that really adds some really important color you know i mean it's it, like like if we look now we're, we got movies coming out with um who's the uh guy for taking um liam neeson liam neeson uh D denzel washington you know like these guys are doing action movies now and i'm just saying I don't think that would have been, well, I'm sure somebody would have did it at some point, but Die Hard was the beginning of that because mm -hmm. he, th that was the movie where he didn't fit the typical action movie, you know, anything, the characteristics. And that allows for such interesting characters when, Anyway, so yes, it was, it was very, very good. And bro, it's so interesting. So, you know, obviously like the context of what action movies were like before, you know, the late 80s, I didn't have that context really coming into this viewing. And part of what I enjoyed so much about the movie was it's all those things you just named, bro, that made it unique in the genre at the time. I loved that they found these ways for us to very organically get to know the backstories. Wasn't forced, you know, it was truly through relationship that we were able to um, get a sense of how people were feeling about each other and why they were showing up the way they were. 
And even it was, it was just really even strong acting. I think about that first moment where we saw um, John and, and Holly make eye contact. In one scene of just the two of them looking at each other, you, you, you got the whole gist. You knew that they loved each other, but really were having a disconnect. We knew that they both were, were in, the, in the process of hanging on and trying to let go. You felt the pain, you felt the, 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 the torture of, of, of the strain between them um, in just one beat. In one beat, they gave us all of that, you know? And then you had these wonderful other kinds of characters that popped up that, you know, if you were to kind of probably look at the total script and the number of words that these particular characters said, it might not even have been much. I think about like the, the um, cab driver, uh, the limo driver, Argyle. Listen, this guy was just a fun character at the top of the movie, okay? And we got to watch him be in the building where all this chaos was happening and be completely <laughs> oblivious to it because he was in the back. <laughs> But even as he was um, waiting in the basement, even though we had had only a car ride with John, you felt like they were kindred spirits and they really had created a relationship. And you felt like it was the beginning of something. You felt like John and Argyle were going to stay in touch and were going to be friends. And it was the same thing with that Al character. The way that they allowed the complexity of that, and let me just say Reginald Bell Johnson, okay? Because I already like you, Reginald Bell Johnson, okay? Already. Because you're the dad from Family Matters. But now seeing Hello. you in this movie, I'm like this man. And and, I, and listen, I'm not and I'm not I'm not downplaying the Family Matters role because they showed a lot of nuance in those family situations, and so we did get to see the fullness. Of, 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 a, of a father and a husband and all that. So I'm not downplaying that. But I am just going to say, with the limited amount of screen time and lines that he had in this movie, the way that he showed up in nuance, it, this was just great acting. It really, truly was. It was great writing and great acting. And, and, and those are the pieces to me that made it a really great action movie. And nowadays, when I see an action movie, that doesn't have, but I expect that. I expect an action movie to take, to make an attempt to give me a story. I expect an action movie to make an attempt to, um, to you know, make the, the, the hero character uh, relatable. And when they don't do that in a way that I feel is a, is a genuine effort, I resent the movie. Because I was thinking about why I like this movie so much more than I like the John Wick series. Do y'all know that series? There's a movie series, John Wick, with um, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. And listen, bro, when you were describing the action movies before Die Hard, that's kind of how John Wick is in a lot of ways. It's one of those movies that is so much about the dynamic visuals of the fight, that they make these pithy attempts to put a little backstory and so you, so you understand a little bit of resentment and anger, you know, but they, are, they don't care about that, you know, and, and I just- Well, well can, I, can, can I, it's, it's interesting that you said that because, Brittany, have you seen John Wick as well? No. Mm -mm. 
Okay. That might might be worth us looking at, just even for the juxtaposition of like this iconic series and then the John Wick series. Well, the thing about, you, you know how everything goes in cycles, right? And so the thing about people who love action movies, the reason why we love John Wick is because it was what an 80s movie could have been with 2020 technology. And and so the thing about movies, I like movies who just are what they are. And John, I'm saying I have, I like movies that are complex, like we're talking about, but I also enjoy movies that are, for example, if I go see Fast and Furious, I know what I'm going to go see. It's not going to try to be anything else. Exactly. But Fast and Furious, okay? It's not going to be anything else but Fast and Furious. But John Wick is in that type of movie that, no, this is about John Wick. (laughs) They kill his dog, so everybody's dying. Yeah. And, yeah. that, and, and so, so, so I'm just saying. That's the basis of the movie. Oh, that's the basis of the movie. That's really, well, first that, it's that a is the basis one. of the movie. First it's a loved one, then it's a dog. But sis, what did you think of this movie? We're, you know, now we're, you know, what did you think? I but, but, like I, but I just, I just want to. Go ahead, bro. I, I just want to wrap up and say, so I think that's why this movie, John Wick worked right now because it was kind of a revisit to I don't gotta think real hard. I don't need all of yeah. that. So I think that's what it is. But anyway, so that but, and but don't yeah. get so me wrong, what, what, I have what watched, did you think? I watched all the John Wick movies. I was just saying. Oh yeah. What, what, you what did you think, Brit? What did you think about that hard? I did really I'm enjoy so excited. Uh, I did really enjoy the movie. Uh and I, I won't go back over the things that you all have said because I was excited as I was watching the movie and all the intricate details of it and just how um, the terrorists, they were very, um, they were just so strategic. But there were a couple of things that you you already know when I watch movies, my brain dives deeper immediately. Um, I really hated the asshole reporter. I wanted him to die. Like at some point, or at least get stuff his really bad. But you were supposed to hate him. I mean, I just yes, they, I know. That, I understand that, is, that. that makes it even better because yes, right. He I, I was just like the I just, absolute. The the reporter oh, he is the was, was, was terrible. So selfish. I mean, the fact that you would go to someone's house, I'm going to call INS and have these babies who don't know anything that's going on. Britt, Britt, you got exp- you, you so... got to explain this. You know oh, what? Everybody's oh. seen it. Everybody's seen it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I mean, do you think well, we should, you th- should explain the situation? I think we should explain the situation. Just a little bit. Explain what happened. Just a little bit. So the reporter hears over the police scanner that something is happening at the Nakatomi Towers. They find, they get a, a news van down there. And this guy apparently is, this news reporter, he is starved for a story. He wants to be number Clearly one. And star. you could tell he has a little bit of a, he's very arrogant. You could tell he has a little bit of a riff oh, with I'm one get, of the I'm other co-workers talking about it. that are in the, in the news place. So he's like begging for a van after he what hears man. the story. 
he goes down there and then eventually because they're listening over the police scanner and all these different things they find out that john mcclain is there and they find out that he is so they go and they find out everything about him right down to the address of where his wife is currently living with their children with their children he leaves and goes to this home and knocks on the door and the children are with um their babysitter they're with the nanny the maid and she is um a latinx woman and he she's like no you're not allowed in here like no please leave those type of things he pushes all his co-workers away and he comes to the door and he whispers to her you know i can have ins down here in a minute so basically blackmails her and then comes into the house and what he wants to do is interview the children and then he asked i can't remember the exact question but but it's something along the lines of like what would you say to your dad if he can hear you right now and the kids were like come home the, the, this this is the, now him not even knowing the whole backstory, right? Like I haven't seen my dad in months. I'm I have is he coming home? I don't know. And now all of a sudden, and these kids I'm, are little. They're little. They're little. Okay, guys. They're, they're like, like four or three or something. I don't even. And the re- and the fact and the fact that he did that on the news is what made Hans Gruber be able to know who John was and and that his wife was amongst the hostages. He wouldn't yes. even have known that. He wouldn't even have never. known. He would have never known. And here's the other part of it as well, but the beautiful bow tie, the beautiful bow that tied that all up was that at the end, that reporter was in John and his wife's face. Let me tell you something. He got up in John and Holly's face. Holly did what any other sensible, loving mother would do. She knocked him out. I said, I know that's right. She and I said, I would have done a little more than that. Brittany, that at him. Brittany, and, I, then, and then his tagline, though, was, did you get that? And so anytime <laughs> something happened on camera, go ahead, bro. Said, no, I'm just saying, Brittany, I'm just so glad you brought that up. Because that this movie, at the end, it had so many of those great top off cool moments. Now. And that yeah. was one of them. And I felt like that was important for us to bring in. Yeah. Because that was so satisfying to see. It was so good. Oh. It w- it felt so good to see. It felt so good. The other, the other thing that I did notice, um, just what greed and arrogance can do to you. And just that's so even you deeper. Have the, that's even deeper. The what this is I not the sergeant because Al was a sergeant. Mm-hmm. What was the police officer that's over the sergeant? Whatever that title oh, is. Yeah, that guy was um, I forget. Ah, captain uh-huh. is a captain or something. So he comes in and he, like Al has been on the scene since everything has started. Al is in communication with John, who right now they're calling him Roy because he doesn't want to give his name up. Like Al is trying to let his captain know all that's going on and his captain is being condescending. Mm. He's being dismissive. He's not listening. He's being super arrogant to the point where you're being so arrogant and you're not listening that you have at this point, six people, six of his own people get either injured or killed Yep, because you're being arrogant. The FBI, they come in. And they're like, oh yeah, this is uh, 
you know, an option eight or whatever, and this is tactical, we, we deal with this all the time, cut all the power. Not understanding and knowing who Hans Gruber is, you literally led them to the money. And he, he, was, he, was, the deputy he was the deputy police chief, Dwayne Robinson. Dwayne. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was, he was so arrogant. He was so ready to write outlaw. He was so ready to follow a textbook list of things to do as opposed to yes. looking at the nuance of the moment and understanding what was actually yes. happening. Then the feds come and, in. But the FBI, they do the same exact and thing. And do the exact same the, thing. They came in and they were just, oh, this is textbook terrorists that are and just the two of them come in and they're and as we stated earlier they're okay with casualties being 25 percent of human life lost and they're okay with it like i was just thinking but what happens to those fbi agents they're the ones that die yeah 100 percent of you didn't we yeah gone well, well Britt, i mean you're, you're just talking about a whole nother level because they did, they did deal with some deep things, man. They, they I mean, because e even when you think about the hubris of Hans Gruber, you know, like, Ooh. like, they, they, yeah. man, we, I'm just saying, you, we, we can get Gruber, a whole, remember, I, I know, I know we got to wrap up. I know we got to wrap up, but I'm but just saying. But the that, backstory for whole, Hans Gruber was that he actually had been a terrorist. So he had been a part of a terrorist group, meaning a group that was taking action with some kind of political, or social motive. And he had recently been, they had, they basically, they weren't claiming him. They said he's no longer with us. So he had left an actual terrorist organization to become a thief. So even just, they gave us that little nugget, we oh. started to get to this whole oh, yeah. story about how do you get from A to B? What was his political and even with Look, look even, even, because you guys are just, because even when you think about those FBI guys probably would have beat 99% of criminals and terrorists, but that also speaks to who Hans Gruber is. Because that guess is. what? This guy ain't one of the 99%. He's in the 1%. He, so you he bringing... knew every move that the, oh, the feds he were going exactly to do. He do. said, oh yeah, they're about to do this. They'll do that. All right, cool. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, and it. everything let was just it. going as planned. Ah. Like, And the other part though, which was, I thought pretty cool about Hans Gruber is that he was like naming these demands, but they were demands he didn't care about. He was like, oh yeah, I just read about them in an article. And I was <laughs> I'm literally because I know we got to vote right now, <laughs> but, but I'm about to go vote. watch it again. Like Brittany just got me hyped. I'm about to go watch it again <laughs> because but that's one of my favorite vote, parts. Bro, I have to ask you a question yeah. about the black representation in this movie. Because let me just say, I didn't expect it to be so pleasing for me. I didn't expect, I mean, not only did they have this wonderful, nuanced, deep supporting character of Al, who was bringing so much, you know, importance and intelligence and rational thinking and, and heart into this movie. Not only did they have Al, that character played by a black man, they had this fun character at the top, Argyle, who was the limo driver, who ended up playing a very important role in thwarting the bad guys. Um, and there was a major bad guy that was black. 
he was the computer genius that actually was the one. And he was the smartest. The he was the smartest. He was some of the main, he may not have been the best. And guess what? And he, was, he was he was, he was the, the computer genius. He was the one that actually broke into the vaults. Okay, let the record show. And he was he was the only one that survived. Today, today he was the only bad guy that survived. And I always thought it would be Argyle did just punch him. That was it. That's I it. always thought it would be really cool if they did if if they did a sequel where he escaped prison and like he was now he's all hardened and stuff and he wants Whoa. to get John. I, I thought that, that would be a really Listen, cool at the time. Really I, cool I, sis, uh, one thing that you did mention about the nuance of Al, I will say that it is a timely story of Al being in defense of police officers. You know, right now there's just a lot of tension in the country when there's always been tension, right? But the pandemic and things like that have highlighted certain things. And to hear Al say, I, I, I just didn't see it. I, I was confused and everything was happening so fast. Like to hear him say that he would made this decision and it turned out to be the wrong decision and it, harmed a child yeah he, um, he, he is something about that that story that i believe would resonate with many police officers in in real life that making these decisions and sometimes you're not you're trying to move so quickly or and of course we know that that's nuanced but just i just appreciated him saying that that part because it brought a different level to police officers at large. And then also the other part of this movie that again is timely for now, these two men who didn't know what each other looked like. They had no idea what the other, who the other one was, but we, they knew they had a common goal, which was to save all the people on the 30th floor. Well, yeah, and that, then that... this person became his brother. Like this person became his friend. They just embraced each other as if they had been knowing each other. For, for years and for one to be black and for one to be white, just showing that unity. Um, well, I, I think just, that, I, you know, that common goal. I think that that is right there is the best way to answer your question, Janai, even for me, because the thing I love about movies like this is that there were just people in the movie and they didn't, um, they didn't upplay or downplay anything because like if you look at argyle for example he was one type of dude but it wasn't him being some type of you know show or whatever he was just being him and you could totally see somebody acting exactly like him in that circumstance and so the fact that they had black people in prominent positions but they didn't even reference it it wasn't even no part they were of, just you know black like, people like like he didn't he, 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 didn't have to, he, he wasn't didn't have he to, wasn't the black there was no guy. moment yeah it wasn't like oh there wasn't even man, my experience is there was nothing there, there wasn't was, even <laughs> they didn't even shove in a little black joke no nope. like a lot nothing. of movies do at some point but bro you know, my like, question is my question is is how did how did that representation compare to the other action movies of the time. When you, you were talking about the evolution of the genre and like what things were like before, how, how, cause I mean, 
was I right to just be impressed that they had taken the steps to cast Black men in three very different roles in one movie? You know, I, I, I will say that I think it speaks to the movie a lot that- There were even Black I've, extras in the, but, in the but, company. I think it speaks to the movie a lot that I've never even thought about that, which is the point. Exactly. And, but but I would really have to because honestly, like I'm thinking about. What about the ones what, you were just naming? Like, what was like Commando? No, I'm, I'm running through those now, and like I'm thinking about like like uh, Predator, which was another huge Arnold Schwarzenegger, but mm. one of the big actors in. Predator was the same guy. Um, what's the guy who plays Action Jackson? What's his name? I, if you Google that real quick, but but uh, Charles um, Weather. Uh, I was about to say I'm googling the one, it. The, the, the one who was in Rocky too. Um, God, I feel so bad for blanking on this name. He was Action Jackson, but oh him, Action Jackson. Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. No. Carl Weathers. Okay. I, I feel so bad. But but the point, so there were prominent black action stars. Okay. But I but I feel like that, but I feel like that question would deserve a more. I, I've never thought about it. I feel like that's a good question. Yeah. That I would like to give more like nuanced answer. Because I so, would like because that like might be another way. Man. That might be another way. That Absolutely. Is, you know, I would like to understand how that, the extent to which that contributes to the legacy of the movie. You know, it, at a minimum, yeah. it is it is even unique now that those characters didn't have to name their Blackness to, to be relevant. So they that, were just that, there. even now, that's unique. And so I can't help but there. think that that was an innovation at the time, and that was groundbreaking. Man, I, I, I'm definitely going to... That you're talking yeah. about, I would bet that it was. Mm. That was yeah, good. Man. All right, we gotta vote. We gotta vote. Let's vote. I mean, I know everybody. Aubrey, going, but Brittany, does this movie, does Die Hard get your what? Nakatomi Tower. Does it get your tower? Of course. I wish I had another tower to give that <laughs> because it deserves more. I'm still in all people's towers yeah. and I'm giving it three. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it gets my tower for sure. For sure. I will just say though, I always struggle a little bit whenever I'm watching a movie and I find myself yelling things like, kill him, kill him. Because I don't want that <laughs> in my spirit. You know, I don't want to be pro-violence. But sometimes people wanna... need to die. I, sometimes I people need to die. I don't want to root for death. You know, and I hate when movies have you in the yeah. face when you're rooting for death. But that said, I did want Hans Gruber to die. And I was screaming it. Can I, I just was point screaming out? Can I, can it. I just want to reiterate. I think I wanted that reporter to die before Hans. Oh, he I just want to, I just want to reiterate. <laughs> I just want to reiterate that all of those fight scenes, all of those shoot scenes, shooting scenes, John was paying a price, and and like I just love that. I just yeah, love that because it, it, what, it, what it does, what it what it does is it evokes the emotion that Janai is talking about because it gets you so into it because he's not just beating everybody up. 
So right. it gives you that tension. You know he's going to win, but they're making it so hard for her that Absolutely. it just draws you because in. Because they start off at the top with the, with the unnecessary killing. The bad guys do an unnecessary killing at the very top of the movie. They kill Holly's boss just because he isn't giving them the information they want within three minutes of the masking. They just kill him. And there's not even any witnesses. There's not even the, 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 the intimidation of the moment. And, they, and so you start off immediately like, my God, these are just, these are maniacs. These are maniacs, you know? Well, they, so they killed the, the security guard first. Yes! No, they did and, anyway. I, and that that made me go, listen, it's a security guard. Y'all, he would have willingly given y'all every access to that building. Like this place don't pay me enough. That would have took it. an extra, that would have took an extra 43 <laughs> seconds, and Hans didn't have extra he didn't have seconds listen, because the plan was say, Let me just say, if I had gotten double my recap, I had lots of colorful phrases I was going to use, like shipment of bad guys. Because the way the movie started. <laughs> It was like all the bad guys entered the building through a shipping truck as if it was a box. When the truck opened, you expected it to be boxes, but it wasn't. It was a shipment of bad guys. Listen, I will tell you, I was so anxious watching that truck drive down the street. (laughs) I thought it was a bomb. And I said, why are they blowing up this building and they're going to kill all these people? I don't understand. What you did thought the it was a bomb, but it was a I bomb. It was a bomb. Sis. It was. It, it was, was a bomb of people. Girl, it was a bomb of people. <laughs> and they just opened it, and it was like a clown car. All the bad guys is coming out, and the way that they walked out, they all knew their assignments. They were on a mission. Hans had them bad guys tight, ready to go. And you know what? And they were they were from Germany. They were they were they were German. They were French. It was an internet. They were American. There was just this international group of bad guys that had been so well organized. So well organized. Mm-hmm. Ah, but you wanted them to die. You did. You did. But anyway, but yes, it gets my tower uh, with the asterisk that all movies get that make me want to kill people. <laughs> That's the worst thing. I don't want to be this person. Die hard. Like, it sounds like you need to go to the range and work somewhere. I don't, I don't want to be more right. violent. I don't. Okay. Die hard. Absolutely. And I think about all my... these little boys watching this movie in the 80s. I just like. Janiah, oh all right. pause. Let Bernie go. All these little boys watching Janiah, this pause. violent movie. And we are just fine. We are, are just you, fine. Are I, was, I was about to say, if. If that if that movie messed them up, then you haven't seen any video games. You haven't All seen right, look, we're, we're not let's this not even let, over let's, generations of the socializing, normalizing the violence. Sis. This is what I'm talking about. Look, okay, can Brittany just vote, please? Before I'm the I one are absolutely gets my you, you two are the ones who told me <laughs> that we gotta stay on track on this podcast, and I'm the only one trying. I know you ain't. I know he didn't. He did not. I That's what happened. I'm sure he didn't say. I'm did sure he just do that? No, no. I'm sure we're misunderstanding. No, he didn't. No, he did not. No, he did not. No, he didn't. No, he did not. No, he didn't. 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 No, he didn't.
Janine, can you under me put hashtag big brother life? <laughs> and that is something that I'll let you know where you need to put that on. <laughs> and I'm not going to. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. <laughs> you know what? You should totally put it. And then when you say I'm not going to, put like one of those red boxes with a line <laughs> through it yeah. over top of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, messing with Aubrey is fun. Okay, so thank you all for joining us. This is very- Brittany didn't vote. Yes, she did. I just, I did. Oh, I you did, voted? I, okay. Oh, but you probably didn't hear me. I okay. said it gets my Nakatomi Tower. <laughs> so yes. The Nakatomi Tower is three a classic. Towers. It is a classic from the it right perspective. And what is our next one? Did we decide that? It's, it's going to be the new year. We need something- that will that represents some sort of I got one. or something. I got what you got, bro? I think we should do Coming to America because the sequel is about to get released. So I think it's actually going to get released soon. So it'd be cool to. I think that's the one. As long as the sequel is coming out soon, because it's going okay. to be on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Be well, but that, but uh, either way, I think um, that might be good. I agree. Good I agree. That would be fun to do. Because let's see. That would be. It's 2021. It doesn't. I was uh, looking for that release yeah, date and I couldn't find it. Okay. But right. I was so looking for release date December 18th. Yeah, I wasn't looking that aggressively. Right but you know, another I, option I, that I we had not... talked about. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, another option that we had talked about, which really, because bro, remember when you were talking about us really kind of like mapping the different genres that we cover, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's, yeah. one, there's one that came to mind in that conversation. We were talking about um, that Whoopi Goldberg movie. Eddie. Eddie. And to me, there's something about that movie that just seems a little different from everything else we've reviewed. You know, it's a comedy, but it's, I don't know. It, it just seems like my memory of it, which is shaky, by the way, is that it was just like a quirky kind of like comedy. It was a great movie. Oh. It's one of my favorites. Okay. But idea. I will tell I you, another, coming, to America, coming to America 2 is coming out um, March. So okay. Okay. We'll okay. Yeah, we got a little time. Yeah, we got a little time with that. But one of you, I, I can't remember which one, um, Never End the Story. One of you suggested <gasps> that. I think that's, that's it. One. Which one do you suggest that? That was me. Janine. Okay, yeah, yeah, that, I think that's a good one because Let's I haven't that seen one. that in a long time. And um, it will be interesting to watch that with 2020 eyes. Oh, definitely, definitely. Because you know what was so funny watching Die Hard? It was, it, it was clear to me that that entire movie premise could not take place in 2020 because one cell phone could have ruined the oh, whole story. Everything. Well, 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 no. The whole no, storyline. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell you why I wouldn't. Because Hans Gruber would have had a cell phone jammer. <laughs> okay. You right. 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 You
And another one in that genre that we could do at some point, excuse me, is Flight of the Navigator. Now, I haven't seen that. Have you seen that, sis? Mm-mm. I don't even think I've heard of it before. Sis, did you see Never Ending Story? That was so long ago. All I remember is that white monster. Me too. I just remember the white monster in like um, quicksand. Just so you know, there is no white monster. Yeah. He's like a big flying dog. No, he is the flying dragon. Oh. He looks like a dog and he <laughs> is not a monster. He is, is he a like flying a dragon. Dog? And the one he's like, who, a, big monster. like a monster dog. And the one who drowned it in the quicksand dog. was R2, which was his horse, okay? Oh. A monster dog, a I monster can't. dog, so. I don't, I don't want to talk well, about that. All right, well, I think it we've got our right. choice, y'all. Let's go with Never Ending Story. All right, Never Ending okay? Story. Okay? All right. Y'all, thank you for okay. tuning in. This has been The Right Perspective. Next time, Never Ending Story. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye.